On our last show, we covered a lot of stories and examined a lot of news, and this was due in part to the fact that we took two weeks off for Christmas and the news simply just piled up. This was also due to the fact that we live in a clown world where godless ideologies push our nation into absolute chaos and madness, and a single day has enough news to fill a week, maybe even more. So today is the cleanup from the end of 2023 and the beginning of 2024, and hopefully we're going to be fully caught up after the end of today's show. We have a lot to get through, but as always, we aim to bring you news, culture, and politics from a distinctly Christian, conservative, and Canadian perspective. It's January 18th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck, and this is Liberty Dispatch. Hey there, and welcome back to Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. We're so thankful that you've joined us yet again on the program. As always, our programs are a joint venture between Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week. LCC exists to declare Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand. And Christian Week exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. If you like the work that we do here, we would ask that you would support us in the many initiatives, uh, legal defenses, and podcasts that we do. And you can go over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate to do just that. If you click on the analysis shows box, you can leave a tax refundable donation to help the production of these shows. We would encourage you to do that. And if you click on the other designations tab, you can leave money uh, depending on what you designate it for to either illegal outfits or um, initiatives like biblical sexuality Sunday, stuff like that, that we are busily taking part in. So we'd encourage you to go over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate and help support our work. And if you're one of those people who hates fiat money, as you should be, um, and you are big up on uh, Bitcoin, we would encourage you to leave uh, anonymous donation with Bitcoin on our website, Thanks to our friends over at Bill, Bull Bitcoin. And just a reminder, as always, we are resident on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. So flfnetwork.com. You can go to check out all the stuff we got going on there, as well as download the Pub TV app from your Google uh, Player, Apple App Store to check out all our podcasts, um, as well as the many other wonderful shows on that network. Andrew, good to be back with you. A busy week full of stories that we have to cover. Uh, Mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Please reach out to us with any comments and questions and concerns. Andrew, do you have a mailbag question for our listeners today? Yeah, before I do, I want to reiterate again, we're going to be doing this this week and next week especially. Because this past Sunday was Biblical Sexuality Sunday, if you joined us in preaching a sermon on God's design for marriage and sexuality, a biblical sexual ethic, then I want to invite you to head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash biblical-sexuality-sunday. And on the right side of that screen will be a form that you can fill out. And on that form, you can put your name, the name of your church, your church website, and a link to the sermon you preached so that we can have that in a database so that we can follow up with you. We can have a collection of everyone who joined. We're not going to be making that list public or distributing that. 
and you don't have to worry because the people who manage our website have their own private servers. And so it's not like Google and Amazon have all of our information backed up on some other third party server farm out in the middle of the American desert. It's totally <laughs> safe, totally secure. So please let us know if you participated. We'd love to have a sense of numbers and also be able to see new churches that joined and follow up with churches in subsequent years. As and for please, mailbag question, I, I thought, was going to say, Andrew, yes. before we move on, oh, yeah. please let us know if anything comes from it, because we've already seen in just a little bit of time that we've been doing this, some amazing stories that have come out of <laughs> faithful pastors, just faithfully preaching the word of God to their congregants and how powerful that sh uh, sharp two edged sword yep. that we call the word of God is. And as for mailbag question, because we're so early in the new year, I figure we want to be open to growth and to change. And so this is the time for you. We open the door to criticism wide open <laughs> concerning our show. What could we be doing better? And we'll leave that fairly open. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's a certain type of segment or a certain type of coverage, a certain, whether it's a certain story or theme, maybe we should, you know, do we think we should devote a portion of our show to this theme or this idea or this discussion or whatever the case may be, we want mm -hmm. to open the door wide open. Mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. What can we be doing better? Or what do you think would be something that we should consider with regard to our show so that we can better serve you, our audience? Now, one of the ways that we can serve you as our audience is we can make you aware of people that you should be partnering with and people that you should be avoiding because they'll cancel you the moment the mob decides that you are a white supremacist, Christian nationalist, <laughs> homophobic, transphobic. Whatever they're calling you that normative. That day. <laughs> yeah. So if you're using MailChimp, HubSpot, or Salesforce for email marketing, CRM, and sales, you probably know that they've been canceling voices of freedom and truth. That's why we here at Liberty Coalition Canada have switched over to Sales Nexus. Sales Nexus is a complete business marketing and sales solution that won't tell you what you should say or believe. You can try it yourself at salesnexus.com and you get two users for the price of one with the promo code LIBERTY. That is salesnexus.com. Use the promo code LIBERTY. I have enjoyed sending out our emails through Sales Nexus. The other great thing about them is you will have available, accessible, human customer support helping you get started. You definitely want to check it out. And if you, you know, if you're at a church or some sort of Christian organization where you're mm -hmm. sending lots of emails out, I highly recommend you connect with our friends over at Sales Nexus. Whatever you're using, it's probably not as good. And you certainly don't have the support and backing of the organization that you will with Sales Nexus. So check them out. And the truth is, if you're thinking, I just have some questions, maybe you want to reach out to us. Mm -hmm. then that'd be another way. Reach out to us, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. If you're thinking, I have questions about Sales Nexus, is well, it worth I, it? We'd love to answer those as best as we can. I got to say, as someone who's done a vast majority of your emails over the last little while, Andrew, um, just using the platform uh, in the back end is really intuitive. It's quite um, nice to use. Um right. It's nothing flashy, but it's just it's just easy to use, and I, I find um, 
it was a lot better than the alternative that we were using before. So um, mm-hmm. definitely check it out, salesnexus.com. You won't be dis- disappointed at all. So let's get into the news. We had a lot of stuff going on. I, I tried to group some things together, but really this is a little bit of a cleanup. There's a bunch of stories mm-hmm. from the end of last year and even some stuff breaking that we need to deal with. And so tonight's a little bit of a jambalaya of news for you. So <laughs> love it. If you recall, and I'm sure sure you do, the Ontario College of Psychiatrists had ordered Jordan Peterson to undergo social media re-education if he wanted to keep his license to practice. Now it had everything to do with him being honest about a model for the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition, and also honest about Ellen Page and the self-mutilation in which she has engaged in order to feed her mental illness. And saying that, I recognize that if I was a psychiatrist, I now too would be placed under discipline. But nevertheless, the National Post kind of sums it up really nicely and succinctly. So over the course of 2022, the college, which governs the conduct of psychologists practicing in Ontario, received a number of complaints about Peterson's online behavior probably from some sort of purple-haired feminist. Their concerns, that wasn't the post, that was me. Their concerns included his tweets about a plus-size Sports Illustrated model, whom he said was, oh, the horror, not beautiful. You're not about to say that anymore. And Elliot Page's gender transition, who he said had her breasts removed by a criminal physician. There were also complaints about his views on climate change and aggressive conduct toward Gerald Butts, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's former principal secretary. Now, Peterson challenged the decision in court. He lost, so he appealed his decision to the higher court. So on Tuesday, two days ago, a panel of three judges with the Ontario Court of Appeal dismissed Peterson's appeal No reasons were given, which isn't terribly shocking. That's kind of normal for the appeal court. They just say yes or no and don't give a lot of reason for it. Now, Peterson responded on social media with this tweet initially, and then he has a longer article on the National Post that he just released yesterday that uh, we'll, we'll try to link to that as well. But this is what he put on Twitter as soon as he found out. Quote, a higher court in Canada has ruled that the Ontario College of Psychologists indeed has the right to sentence me to re-education camp. There are no other legal avenues open to me now. It's capitulate to the petty bureaucrats and the adult-pated woke mob or lose my professional license. Congratulations at CP Ontario. You won this round. Mark my words, however, the war has barely started. There is nothing you can take from me that I'm unwilling to lose. So watch out. Seriously, you've been warned. Now, I mean, this is this is pure corruption and tyranny. And I and we are sorry that Peterson has had to make this difficult decision. It points but to the corruption to be, of our legal system. Just unbelievable. Absolutely. But one thing that we need to do as believers and we want to do on this on the dispatch is we want to examine what people do and why they do it and the worldviews behind it. And, and the causes of things and the foundations for things. And so even though what's happening to Jordan Peterson is terrible, what I want to unpack for you is 
in some way the beast that is the state that has been fed that itself thinks it has the ability to do something like this exists in part because of decisions and things said from people like Jordan Peterson. Now, what do I mean by that? Because some of you might be saying, you can't dump on Jordan Peterson. He's a Canadian hero. No one is above criticism, and all worldviews need to be examined, especially when they're not a Christian worldview. And Jordan Peterson does not have a Christian worldview, even though he likes the Bible and likes Christianity. He rejects the Lordship of Christ. So we need to un we need to unpack this. We need to be honest and objective about it. So Randy Hillier posted on X while this was going on, that yes, this is just awful, what's happening to Jordan Peterson. However, Hillier said that Jordan Peterson is kind of a part of the problem a little bit. So you might not remember this, but a couple of years ago, Jordan Peterson encouraged everyone to get the COVID jab. Even though he was considering the potential loss of civil liberties, sorry, civil liberties, and his reason is so that we can just get everything back to normal. That if the state is saying, and if the health bureaucrats are saying, get the jab, we can get back to normal, if they're holding that over your head, Peterson said, even though I'm worried about the loss of civil liberties, just do it so everything will be fine. So here's some clips, both of him saying that and both of him responding to that months and months later when he realized uh, whenever you feed the state, it, the, the, the hunger is insatiable and they'll come for you eventually. But I don't think that it's obvious that what you're doing is wrong. It's obvious that it's really complicated. And so I would, my response to this is to suspend judgment for six months, for six months from now. Fearing as I do the loss of civil liberties, and although I would encourage people to get the damn vaccine and get, let's get the hell over this, that's, I think it's time to suspend judgment for six months. Many months later. You know, Canadians who aren't vaccinated now cannot leave the country. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Why, why is that? And I'm, look, I got vaccinated and people took me to task for that. And I thought, all right, I'll get the damn vaccine. Here's the deal, guys. I'll get the vaccine. You leave me alone. And did that work? No. And that's why the college, the Ontario College of Psychologists can do what they did. Because yeah. people, and this, so... This, this was the cry back in March and April of 2020. I remember posting on April 4th of 2020 on Facebook that my greatest concern wasn't the virus itself because the numbers I was looking at from guys like Jay Bhattacharya and those who crafted the, um, the Great Barrington Declaration was the case fatality rate wasn't as high as everyone was saying. So it wasn't the virus. And it wasn't even primarily the economic consequences, though they were devastating. My primary concern almost four years ago now was that when you relinquish your rights and your freedoms and you hand over to the state a kind of power that isn't theirs, not only will they never give it back, but they'll always keep grabbing for more because now they know they can take it from you. So you can't have it both ways. You can't say, listen, just get the jab to appease the state so that everything go back to normal so they don't hold it over our heads. But then say, I'm utterly appalled that the state can say, we're going to hold it over your head, right? When you bend to the state and you encourage them to coerce you into living a normal life, you cannot be surprised when they force that decision upon you again. So now it's not the jab. Now it's your license to practice psychology. So to my knowledge, Peterson has not apologized 
for telling people to get the shot so that we can get back to normal. He hasn't said, hey, me doing this is actually a part of the problem, and it's why we're in this situation that we are with what Bruce Party has called the bloated managerial state. Now, this is a reminder, by the way, this this what's unfolding with, with Peterson. It's a reminder that we are not to bend to tyranny, or as uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, we should not live by lies because this is what we'll get. Yeah, and I think everybody should take note. What you're not saying is because Peterson took um, a stance that he was publicly telling people to get the jab, he himself got the jab, like I did. I've said that on the show before, much under the same concerns that Jordan did. Um, I did not tell anybody to go get the jab on a public forum, though, because um, I thought that was should be left up to their own conscience. What you're not saying is because he had the wrong position on the jab, therefore this totally illegitimate, unjust persecution, just overt persecution of Jordan Peterson is okay. That's not what you're yeah, saying. Correct. But, That's definitely not what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But right. um, what you're saying is let Jordan Peterson be a cautionary tale to all of us about yes. what happens if we give quarter to a tyrannical mob like managerial state. They will not stop. And that's why we have yeah. to give them no quarter. And that's why so much of what we argued uh, during the height of the pandemic, and we have been arguing since, is the precedents that were set since 2020 are the true danger. And that is where a lot of this stuff comes home to roost. So um, appreciate Jordan Peterson. Appreciate that it seems like he's um, Christian adjacent and he's becoming more and more um, fond of the word of God. Uh, I would love to see him repent and believe and, um, you know, recognize the lordship of jesus christ and um do it through faith but uh we're appreciative of a lot of what he does and um you know I, we certainly see this for the injustice that it is and we mm -hmm. you know pray that there is some sort of course of action that he can take to expose just how egregious this ontario um licensure uh board has been towards him as a psychologist but also before we move on People need to know this sort of thing is happening in licensure organizations across the country in every different sphere. I've been talking yep. with lawyers behind the scenes about how insane legal colleges are. We talked to Bruce Party about that and all the work that he's done um, with right, rights probes and others. These govern government-controlled licensure air agencies are now you know, in many cases, forcing people to go through brainwashing struggle sessions at threat of loss of licensure. And Jordan is a high profile case of that. But there is cases across this nation. Robert Song, an ex um, communist from China, who's now a Christian, is a is a lawyer in Alberta, along with Glenn Beckett, who are actually suing the Alberta uh, Lawyers Law Association because of something like this, um, as it pertains to legal matters concerning the propagation of the insane Marxist um, post-colonial theory in law societies. 
this is the state of Canada. These institutions have been captured and it is extraordinarily dangerous. And we need to wake up to the reality that this is not an isolated case. He's maybe a high profile victim of this, but he's not the only one. And Canadians need to really, really wake up to the insidiousness of, of this. Let's press forward. We have a lot to cover. So um, just wanted to give some comment on that. So, Speaking about creepy totalitarianism and the threat of loss of civil liberties, Andrew, there is a pilot project happening that will be happening at one land crossing between our country and the United States of America, Canada and the U.S. that might become the new norm for travel between our countries. And we want to play you a video from the trustworthy Canadian Broadcast Corporation better known as the Canadian Pro Propaganda Corporation, the CPC. Um, so we want to play a video for you about this new program that they're trying to install with uh, border crossings at the, uh, at the border between the United States and Canada. If you travel a lot between Canada and the United States, that trip across the border could be a lot different very soon. There's a new initiative that would see Canada's border guards work much more closely with their American counterparts. Now, typically, when you go to cross the, board, the land border between Canada and the U.S., you would see two buildings. One would be on the U.S. side and one would be on the Canadian side. On one side, you've got U.S. law. On the other side, you've got Canadian law. Now, what they're proposing is to bring the two together. They're calling it preclearance. Now, what would happen is that at some crossings, Canadian guards would be working in the U.S. building, and at other crossings, American guards would be working in the Canadian building. While Canadian immigration law and customs law would apply at that building, uh, other things would be American law. So, for example, if someone was wanted on an arrest warrant in the U.S., the Canadian guards would detain the person, then hand them over, I guess it's this border crossing is about the size of your living room, probably, or a little bit larger than that. But uh, it would basically be handing them over to the Americans. And the Canadian guards would be expected to uh, to apply American law as well if they're posted on the American side of the border. Hmm. Sounds very confusing. <laughs> In fact, yeah, she pre, couldn't even explain it very me, well. <laughs> Preclearance, to me, I'm worried because it just sounds like pre-crime. And this this whole idea of... <laughs> Uh, just the, the the discerning beforehand. I just I get the I get the I get the itty bitties. I just don't. It's gonna again. It's I get for the this, when I hear this kind of. It's language. for the sake of precedent. And what we saw is you know um, during COVID nineteen, depending on the various different rules from the countries and how restrictive they were on on travel, um, you could either go to countries or could not go to countries. But, go back and forth whatever um it seems like an initiative like this and here's the worry is that it would create an incentive for countries like ours in the united states to combine and consolidate their laws that way um you know canadians would it would be restricted in their freedoms but this is from the ar ar article let's uh, let's read further robert israel blanchet a member of the canadian bar association's immigration law section said his group wants to know whether the canadian charter of rights will apply at pre-clearance posts on u.s soil and what the move will mean for refugee claimants quote 
it's the first time in history, in the history of the country, that we were considering placing border service officers, CBSA officers, in a foreign country, said Blanchet. At first blush, it doesn't seem like a bad idea, but there are a lot of implications for a lot of foreign nationals trying to gain admission into Canada. So, again... This just seems like the consolidation of legal partnership between the United States of America. Centralization, consolidization is, you know, the first step that we always see when it comes to, you know, establishing tyrannical states. And, um, you know, you can just imagine how this would be uh, amenable to something like a social credit score uh, that would uh, prevent you from traveling between the nations. And um, let's just say, you know, Canada's uh, laws are very restrictive and you have a Republican, uh, you know, conservative in the White House who has less restrictive laws. But border agents can procure you because they're on the other side of the border. It just makes it that much harder for Canadians to travel between the two countries. And it, it, it's, it's just a further risk for consolidation and centralization, which is the ground of tyranny and control. So we're not saying it necessarily has to get there. But look at what we've seen over and over again when it comes to precedent is we start down a rabbit hole and then that becomes the justification for then why we should consolidate and centralize further and further oh we already have our border agents on their side of uh, the border why don't we make our laws similar like why uh, why don't we cut out the middleman cut out the other step instead i think we should have sovereign borders with agents on on the proper side of the board protecting the proper side of law get rid of all this blending and confusion and just keep it the way it is because we already have the infrastructure in place to do it we don't need to change it up yeah my 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 concern is when i come back into canada Mm -hmm. even even if you know they don't they don't like me or even if i you know for example don't have can't show proof of injection as a canadian citizen they have to let me in Mm -hmm. but if i want to go in the united states and the Canadian border guards who have all my information don't want me to go, well, it's not like I have a right to go into the States. Mm-hmm. So the concern is what if for whatever reason, what if I can't prove a certain medical status? Mm-hmm. What if my social credit score isn't high enough? So when I go to the border and when I, when I drive over in the States, the American border guard takes my passport and is like, listen, you know, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. They do a quick check to make sure they don't have anything on their end. But they don't have access to what's happening here. But mm-hmm. if Canadian border guards are now on their soil, if for whatever reason, because of the information they have, they don't want me to leave Canada, mm-hmm. then they can tell their American counterparts, yeah, this guy is not allowed in your country. So that's and, the concern. Yeah. And now the, the I have. now the border agents no longer have to do what is law for them, but they can do what is law for Canadians. Right. So that's the real danger. And and we've seen, unfortunately, that policing and governance has been captured. And um, that's just the reality of the situation. So um, 
we want to just show you again the, the in this next story just kind of highlight for you some of the insanity uh, with policing um and this is kind of a shocking story uh regarding porch pirates and packages being stolen in mm. quebec we want to play you this clip Provincial police are urging Quebecers to not post those clips online because they say there could be a case for defamation. You cannot post the images yourself because uh, uh, you have to remember that in Canada we have a presumption of innocence and posting that picture could be a violation of private life. Instead, he says if anything is stolen, call 911. If you get some proof that somebody might have stolen something, then call the police give the proof to the police, and then we'll do the, the investigation. We'll, br- we'll bring that person to justice and we'll file some charges. Andrew, <laughs> that seems absolutely asinine to me. Just that, like that... they did in Ottawa, because I had I had proof. In Ottawa, we all had proof mm-hmm. that the prime minister had illegally invoked the War Measures Act and had stripped our freedoms and suspended our bank accounts without cause. And then what did all the police officers do, including a number of police officers from the province that he represents? They all beat us down with clubs and chase us off Wellington Street. So I'm sure I, I'm really do, I really do trust the police services to do a thorough investigation and really bring about justice. I, I really trust them to do that when they're essentially all compromised because they did with it whatever they were told to not be fired and lose their jobs. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I I don't trust for one second that they're going to do what's just and what's right. And they, like you said, this is this is madness. So let let us know. No, I have video evidence. What mm-hmm. privacy? He's on my property. What privacy? Yeah. He's on my property. Like I I have absolutely no idea how that would be even substantiated in law. There's you have no right to privacy when you're going on somebody's own private property and stealing their <laughs> their their. Uh, but- but if someone it's comes into my crazy. house, if someone comes into my house and attempts to steal from my house and threatens the life of my family, mm-hmm. depending on the degree of defensive action I take, I might go to jail for a very mm-hmm. long time. And that's so the, it is that's the backwardness of yeah, that's the backwardness of, of Canadian laws, laws. Yeah, and I mean, uh, the post millennial just records how uh, rates of theft. Uh, thanks to porch pirates is just ballooning in Canada. A total of 24% of Canadian online consumers reported experiencing the theft of one or more packages within the past year. This figure increased to 66% in the province of Ontario, according to the survey. Canadian journalist Ezra Levant of the Rebel News weighed in on the report and said, it's 2024, so of course the police care more about criminals than the victims of crime and that is the really bizarre thing is like i don't even know how you substantiate that legally because all the rights that he talked about like the right to privacy would not apply if you're going on someone else's property definitely doesn't apply to stealing stuff from them and how could it be defamation defamation to post um a video i mean i guess if you're accusing specific people in a public forum 
that could, but just by po- po- posting well, you're video not accusing clips. specific people. Yeah. You're just saying this guy. You're not putting up yeah. his name. You're saying, hey, this guy. It's it's crazy. But again, um, <laughs> there's that weird perverse concern in Canada that we have more concern for the uh, the violent criminal, for the, the thief, for the drug addict than we do innocent Canadian citizens. We saw that in the story we covered the other day when it comes uh, to, you know, um, the Supreme Court of Canada strike or of BC striking down um, the <laughs> the law that would force drug addicts not to do drugs within close proximity to you know parks and schools and stuff like that again unless over and over a, and over again nefarious, unless there's a more nefarious discipling discipleship going on and by that I mean if the goal here of the police services and the state is to say our job is to protect you. Mm-hmm. Our job is to do justice. That's not your job. Yeah. That daddy state will take care of you. You need Don't not be, be concerned for yourself. Yeah. Don't be responsible for yourself. Don't worry about your own defense. Don't worry about, you know, protecting your property. You just, you just, you just suckle off of the government teat. We'll give you your UBI. Mm-hmm. Our job is to protect you. Our job is to defend you. Oh, right? that is so certainly there. Yeah. That, that there's that discipleship going on. So a little yeah. bit, we'll talk. Let's talk a little bit more about what's happening in the world of policing. Last week we showed footage of Rebel News journalist David Menzies being assaulted by an RCMP officer who bumped into him, and then was arrested by that same RCMP officer being accused of having assaulted the officer. Well, it turns out that this officer is now under investigation. Whatever that means or wherever it goes, we don't know. But this is from the National Post. A member of the RCMP security detail who grabbed and arrested a rebel news commentator while questioning Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland Monday is under review by the federal force after video of the incident sparked outrage for a seemingly dubious arrest. And I'll, I'll insert here, if it wasn't being recorded, then Menzies would be in jail. Like if there was no video evidence... If it was just the word of an RCMP officer and then all the other officers and then Christia Freeland was brought in to testify and the only opposing testimony was David Menzies and the the guy who and maybe someone else who was with him from a news outlet that has been disregarded by the federal government, he would be charged and arrested and he might be in jail. The simple fact that he was recording, it allows this corruption to be exposed. We just want you to consider that. That if he wasn't filming, if he was just trying to do his job as a journalist without having a camera person there, he would be in jail for arresting an RCMP officer. It's kind of bananas. So the uh, National Post continues, quote, RCMP protective policing resources were involved in an incident while deployed on a protective operation, close quote, said Sergeant Kim Chamberlain, an RCMP spokesperson. Quote, the RCMP is looking into the incident and the actions of all parties involved No further comment is available at this time, close quote. It was determined that no credible security threat existed and the subject was released unconditionally shortly thereafter. Now, again, the only (laughs) reason why they say that is because we have the video evidence. Because if they're like, no, 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 he rushed Christia Freeland. He was in her face. He was aggressive. He was pushy. Oh, and he also pushed an RCMP officer out of the way. There's no, they wouldn't be coming out with this, but they have to be honest because it was being filmed, which is scary 
it's concerning that the, the, our police services are honest only when the camera's rolling and mm-hmm. when it's not who knows what they can do and and here's the thing andrew we've talked about you know institutional suicide who can trust the rcmp anymore given how in bed they were with the trudeau regime and it's clearly there's all sorts of controversy over how closely wed the rcmp which is supposed to be you know somewhat independent of the government is with the government and I mean, it's it's just shocking. You see events like this, like that video was, you know, it's not seemingly dubious arrest. It's an obviously dubious arrest and assault, frankly, of Menzies. Uh, they had no right to do that. It was totally absurd. And I hope this police officer gets suspended, loses his job. I hope heads roll over it. Wouldn't be surprised if they don't, if it quietly just gets brushed under the rug. But the fact of the matter is many Canadians can no longer think that the RCMP is independently going to do actual hard-nosed investigation because we've seen over and over and over again in various um, scandals over the last two or three years how the RCMP and the federal government is working hand-in-glove with each other, patting each other on the back and making sure that the regime is protected at all costs. That's what we're seeing and that is really called into question a lot of these institutions and their legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, this this next ad read is definitely for you and definitely well-placed in our episode today. <laughs> if you feel that big government and banks are too involved in your finances, Bitcoin is the solution for you. Bitcoin is the antithesis of central bank digital currencies. It's decentralized digital cash that puts you in full control of your money. With Bitcoin, you don't have to worry about government interference or banks censoring you in any way. As a freedom advocate, you know the importance of individual liberty and responsibility. Bitcoin is the ultimate expression of those values, enabling you to take control of your financial destiny and make transactions that align with your beliefs. So whether you're an experienced Bitcoiner or just getting started, Bull Bitcoin is the perfect place to buy and sell Bitcoin. Don't wait any longer to take control of your money. Sign up today using our referral link, mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. And don't hesitate to contact their human support for any assistance from the get-go. A timely ad read from Mm -hmm. Bull Bitcoin. Why? Well, the central bank digital currency is in the works for Canada. This is from the Toronto Sun. The Bank of Canada has quietly taken steps to control such a concept, according to Blacklock's reporter. On December 13th and December 19th filings, the bank asserted ownership of, quote, digital dollar, close quote, quote, digital Canadian dollar, close quote, and, quote, central bank digital currency, close quote, in both official languages under the Trademarks Act. I'm sure there's nothing to be concerned about at all. No reason was given and no public hearing was held because tyranny loves to do its its planning under the cover of darkness so that it can execute its totalitarian control out in broad daylight. Quote, whether and when a digital dollar will become needed is uncertain, said the bank 
on so, sorry the bank said november 29th in a statement yeah right <laughs> i'm sure i believe that quote ultimately the, the decision to go ahead with the digital dollar belongs to canadians through their representatives in parliament close quote again no what no no, we know that's not the case. We know that the executive branch in Canada has far too much power, and unelected bureaucrats also have tremendous power. And even if we are to say that it's up to the representatives in Parliament, the representatives in Parliament are all bought and paid for, and just it's all the theater. It's all the WWE production, and they just play their part and do what they're told. So here we are. Now, now the quiet part is a little bit more out loud. The Bank of Canada has made has secured and now has ownership of digital dollar, digital Canadian dollar, and central bank digital currency in both languages. So very soon we're gonna start to see more and more of this rolling out. And I'm sure they have a plan despite what they would say. So here's here's a little more financial news from Toronto Sun. Canadians will be paying higher payroll taxes because of the mandatory rising Canada pension plan and employment insurance contributions. If you make $73,200 or more, you'll be paying an extra $347 in payroll taxes. Your employer will also be forced to fork over $5,524. The federal government is imposing a new tax called CPP2. Ooh, it's exciting. The original CPP taxes your income at 6% up to $68,500. The new CPP2 expands that threshold and taxes additional income at 4%, up to $73,200. That's not all. The carbon tax will cost the average family up to $911 in 2024, even after the rebates, according to the Parliamentary Budget Officer. The feds are also scheming up a digital services tax, this new tax targets social media platforms, companies operating digital marketplaces, and businesses earning revenue from online advertising, such as Amazon, Google, Facebook, Uber, and Airbnb. When you pick up that case of blue, a bottle of Pinot, or a Mickey of rum, Trudeau will be taking an extra 4.7% from you through his alcohol tax hikes. The federal government tax hike is expected to cost taxpayers almost $100 million. Taxes in Canada already account for about half of the price of beer, 65% of the price of wine, and more than three quarters of the price of spirits. All that from the Toronto Sun. The state is poised to steal even more of your money. And they kind of have to because of all the big COVID payouts. And if they want to make this U, if they want to make this UBI work, they're just going to have to take a whole lot of money from us to make it happen. So I mean, that's shocking, right? That, that's shocking. The amount of tax that is on there. Um, when are we going to say enough is enough as a nation to taxes to the government stealing our money? Canada has extraordinarily, obscenely expensive alcohol. And no wonder when two-thirds of the price, three-quarters of the price, is all government taxation. It's totally and utterly absurd. And the Trudeau government has, at every turn, raised taxes on Canadian citizens 
in the hardest of economical circumstances. It is so insane. Um, Must be noted for people who was the uh, first person to suggest a progressive income tax in a serious way. His name is Karl Marx, writer of the Communist Manifesto. Okay, Karl Marx wanted the implementation of progressive taxation to destroy capitalist nations. And apparently capitalist nations, so-called, went right along with that um, understanding. Um, It must be understood that inflation is an invisible tax. It's a dishonest tax where the government, through the expansion of money and credit, expands the money supply, which then devalues the purchasing power of your money and then ultimately drives up prices. So your savings are worth less. So not only are they taxing you more overtly on goods, but they're diluting the power of your money. And this comes from a regime that Justin Trudeau is too busy to worry about monetary policy. He's not too busy to worry about stealing your money behind your back but he is too worried about being honest and upfront about their monetary policy it's totally absurd the fact that they're going to cbdc do people understand if the government has a cbdc a central bank controlled government your money is essentially food stamps at that point privacy out the window they can manipulate the currency even greater than they have the ability to manipulate the currency now and they can do it in an instant and they can you know make sure you can't spend money on unapproved vendors uh if you want to give a donation to liberty coalition canada well i mean all the government has to do is say well this is an illegitimate christian nationalist white supremacist group put put us in their books as a domestic terror group. And then all of a sudden you can no longer change your tokens in to support a ministry. You like, do do people realize how insane this is? And not to, I even got into the fact that Andrew inflation also has another effect. And this is something I was thinking about the other day. So it dilutes the purchasing power of money, but it also nominally increases a lot of people's salary, right? Because then you go to uh, your, your boss, you're like, well, to keep up with all this inflation, I need a higher um, salary. So guess what that does? Well, with progressive taxation, it'll bump you up in a higher tax group. So now the amount of people at the different rates in government are now being taxed more and more and more heavily. So the government is the winner in this. The government and their cronies are the winner in all of this. And the loser is the average Canadian citizen. It is unbelievably despicable, but not surprising. And speaking of your tax dollars, you know, hard at work, we thought you should know that your hard-earned tax dollars are being used to fund pro-terrorist and anti-Israel Israeli uh, initiatives. And this comes to us, again, shocking, not surprising, uh, from the post-millennial. It has been revealed that a man who received a grant from the Trudeau liberals for his anti-racism work 
you know what that is it's race marxism right it's 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 communism okay his first anti-racism work recently helped launch an online media group that broadcasts exclusively anti-israel content yay so if if our regime propaganda wasn't enough now we're we're going into the extreme muslim terrorist uh, propaganda and we're funding that Laith maroof a syrian-born canadian citizen who is currently in lebanon not even in canada is listed as one of the founders of free palestine tv which began spewing out content following Iranian-backed terrorist organization Hamas's October 7th massacre of civilians in the Jewish state. In a statement on the group's website, Maruf said that the FPTV, quote, will be able to fill a large gap in the media battle with the enemy at a time when it is difficult for our expatriate communities to defend our resistance without being subjected to persecution or harm that amounts to imprisonment or even death. I mean, certainly not in Canada. You'll get your Timmies delivered to you. You won't get death, that's for sure. Despite having a long and documented history of anti-Semitic behavior, Maroof has brought on a senior consultant at the Community Media Advocacy Center was brought on as a senior consultant, pardon me, at the Community Media Advocacy. In 2021, the Liberal government under Justin Trudeau awarded CMAC a $133,822 grant to help develop an anti-racism action program. There you go. Our taxpayer money is going to fund anti-Semitic propaganda and hate speech and all sorts of evil. Um, but it's from the right side of the po political aisle being the progressive side. Um, but that doesn't end uh, the stories that we have for financial corruption and, and all sorts of evil, Andrew. Uh, this comes to, to us uh, a story from Queen's University and it, it appears that the uh, prestigious uh, you know primarily business college is in some real trouble financially and uh, a town meeting a town hall meeting at the end of last year got quite heated including students flooding the stage and demanding transparency um, given the situation and this comes to us from the Queen's Journal. The university expected to exhaust its reserve funds by 2025 and 2026, with the Faculty of Arts and Sciences, FAS, running out as early as next year if cuts are implemented, said Provost Matthew Evans. Quote, I'm concerned about adjuncts and other people who are in a precarious position, but I'm concerned about the survival of this institution unless we sort this out we will go under evans said during the town hall graduate and undergraduate students including journal reporters were barred from attending the town hall in the biosciences complex complex faculty and staff layoffs aren't planned but they're highly probable evans explained the fas didn't approve several contract renewals this year crow added quote a case will have to be made to the dean of medicine engineering and business that they're going to put some of their money to support classics evans said this is when we come to the point 
about subvention. We have to say, for example, do we as a university value classics? Are we prepared to put money into it? And no doubt, Andrew, their administration costs like just just about every other university across Canada are through the roof is, <laughs> but they're probably less likely to um, cut some of those administrators and the bloated DEI officers and all these I- insane people that are, you know, hired useless people. They won't do that probably, but they'll cut. Yeah, actual they won't, they won't cut funding to, uh, to, to gender studies and feminist studies as well. Those 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 will be fine. I, yeah. I I thought about why classics. Why would that specifically be mentioned, mm-hmm. and why would that be on the chopping block? Well, because part part of this progressive march toward utopia is mm-hmm. the forgetting and erasure of history. So if you actually examine Rome, Greece, what was written, what was said, philosophy, governance. As you look back into history, you see trends and you see cycles play over and over again. And so one of the ways that the progressives accomplish their goals is by erasing history or rewriting history. And so the whole point of the classics department is to look back, you know, at, okay, sure. So at a lot of white people, so they could make the case that's all white colonial Christian national gobbledygook even though that's Mm -hmm. ridiculous to say that that would be roman greece but the classics department is supposed to look back at these classical ancient writings and work and learn and glean from that about governance about philosophy about morality about ethics so if we can just of course that's on the chopping block that's on the chopping block because thinking about those things critically would help us to come to the conclusion, for example, that our current state is functioning in a tyrannical fashion. And it's the cycle of grabbing for power and oppressing people that we've seen over and over again in history. So of course we'd want to erase that and make people forget. We don't want people to know where we've come from. We just want them to believe that what we're doing now is good as we march forward to our utopia together. So that's why that department was specifically mentioned. Because for the progressives, that is the most useless department that doesn't help to further the Marxist agenda. Yeah, I mean, although it's probably the most leftward liberal of 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 the aspects. Liberal of, arts, liberal arts, and probably liberal arts and social sciences. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the lefties' dream. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I know um, a bunch of people who attended. Uh, queens primarily for business and the business finance side is always much far more conservative um minded and the science side those parts of the university that apparently aren't failing um are more far more conservative than any of the you know humanities or the classics departments or anything like those those have long been taken over by radical marxists who mm-hmm. surpri- unsurprisingly to anybody with a brain and c- that can understand history are doing a terrible job at running things so mm-hmm. why would we give them power over our country people yep that's a question yep. we need to ask moving on friends With interest rates and inflation on the rise, now is the time to make sure your money is working for you. 
Don't lock your money in GICs and don't give it to woke mutual fund companies to weaponize against your values. Call our friends at Rocklink and let them show you how to get your money working for you while making sure that the businesses you invest in aren't working against you. Call Rocklink at 905-631-5462 or email Rocklink, info at rocklink.com. That's link with a C. Now, as we kind of draw this episode to a close, really, this is just a little bit of a smorgasbord of, of, of stories <laughs> here. It's a few more stories about the happenings in Canada to round off our show. First of all, as some of you may know, the former president of Harvard University, Claudine Gay, resigned over allegations of plagiarism. Now, more than one. It wasn't just a one-shot deal. There, she was a repeat offender. And this kicked up quite the storm in social media and in legacy media. Now, as expected, legacy media went to her defense and claimed that the far right is using plagiarism as a weapon, as a political weapon, to put their racism into practice and sexism. They didn't like that it was a black woman. So they have to say plagiarism is now the tool to put their racism and sexism into effect. Now, what's interesting for us here in Canada is that this situation provided yet another example of how our media is totally bought and paid for, right? We saw this example with the article that was run regarding conspiracy theories growing among conservatives. And we showed you a picture that was like 10 different Canadian news outlets running the exact same headline. And we <laughs> said, look, they're all bought and paid for. It's the same unimedia behind yeah. it all because they only do what they're commanded to do by their overlords. In fact, Andrew, just to highlight that point, I literally thought you sent me the exact same graphic. That as you last sent me. time. Yeah. As last time. I, I was like, right. we, Andrew, we already did this. Already did this. No, I was like, no. It's the same thing. So here's, here's, the, uh, here's the picture we want to show you. And this is just four of them. Harvard's president's, Harvard president's resignation highlights new conservative weapon against colleges. Plagiarism. It's the exact same title. If you're not watching this, CTV News, City News, you have the Toronto Star, and then the Canadian Press all running the exact same heading. Why? Because they were told to. Yeah. That's why. So I highlight that just to, re just to reinforce, if you are still silly enough to take anything in from legacy media, um, just you need to you need to go on a permanent fast from eating that garbage yeah because there's absolutely. no honesty to be found there now yeah and, and notice notice that this is typical of how the media covers stuff so not only is it bias selection bias on what they're choosing to cover because right you know they're not all running the same story um that the daily wire launched or they're not really running the same stories that guys like chris rufo are running or are putting out there they're not tripping over themselves to put out those headlines over what actually took place. They're putting out the same propaganda like you talked about. So not only, um, you know, selection bias and how they're choosing to cover this, but just the narrative they're putting out there, like that isn't news. The news is that she was found guilty of plagiarism multiple times, mm -hmm. but how they spin the article in their bias is that it's conservatives pounce the far right they also failed they also failed to mention that there were i read an article that there were other people in similar positions in universities in the united states 
who happened to be white men who had to resign for the exact same reason. Yes. So they're yeah, not just picking on her. It's 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 complete propaganda. No, exactly. And the reason she was in hot water was her response or lack thereof to anti-Semitic protests that were going on in her school and her uh, inability in front of Congress to actually condemn genocidal yeah. hate hate speech so what is and is not allowed on yeah campus. exactly and, and it must be noted that it wasn't only um you know a black you know femme lesbian woman i don't know if she's she has short hair i'm sure she is i'm sure she's all the things no but hair. anyways it's, 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 her, her head's big she's bald yeah oh well that's very right yeah whatever very progressive, very progressive. anyways it, it's not just her but either got to be careful what we say though because if we if we're speaking ill of an actual condition will smith might walk up and smack us in the face <laughs> oh, for I'll saying something about an actual well, condition whatever. so we got to be got to be yeah gotta be anyways about that. shut up will um, yeah, hey, you're cocked, man. Sorry about that, but that's uh... <laughs> so the, we. The part, part of we wanted to show this is to highlight yeah. for you that it's not about news; it's about narrative crafting. Exactly, and yeah. it's about spinning things a certain way. So we want to look at a story building. from from CTV News that, as we go through it, you're going to find yourself saying, "Oh, that's 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 disturbing." I mean, that's concerning. But watch how CTV News just kind of glosses over it with a nice thin sugar coating to make light of a pretty wild reality concerning mortgages in Canada. So this from CTV News. Applying for a mortgage can be a lengthy process to say the least. This is often exacerbated when you encounter questions that seem more suited to a political survey than a financial form. You might wonder, for instance, why you're being asked about potential political targets or politically exposed people in your family as you fill out your application? Right, that's a very good question. Very good question. At a, as a first-time home buyer, you may be caught off guard by odd questions like these. However, oh, here, here comes the soothing bomb. However, these questions are often par for the course as mortgage lenders like to be as thorough as humanly possible. When applying for a mortgage, stumbling across a question about political targets or politically exposed persons isn't what, isn't what most home buyers likely expect. The question isn't just about banking bureaucracy, though. It's part of lenders' know-your-customer policy designed to safeguard banks against money laundering, illegal activities, and other potential threats, or as I would like to suggest, being able to suspend the mortgages of people that donate money to the trucker convoy, which actually happened, by the way. That actually did happen. People's mortgages were canceled and had to figure out where they were going to live because they gave 50 bucks to the trucker convoy. That's what's actually going on. But CTV News will, will lie to you because they're paid by the federal government to do so. Continuing. This includes assessing potential risks associated with lending to someone who might be a political target, such as threats from terrorists and kidnappers. While it may seem like a scenario straight out of an espionage movie, it's a real consideration in the financial world. 
Are you a really? politically exposed person now if you're a Jewish person in Canada, given yeah, all it's, the hate? It doesn't make sense. So what about what about members of parliament? Members of parliament, you would think, would be probably the, the most, most risk people yeah. for for sort of political attack. I, I wonder if any member of parliament or any member of provincial parliament has had their mortgage application denied. It's a, it's a joke. It's all smoke. Yeah. It's a, all a bunch of nonsense. What's mm. I think what's really going on here is they're trying to they're trying to say to you, um, we want to make it, it's social credit score. We want to make sure that you're doing the right things and saying the right things. And if you if you're connected to that Christo fascist Liberty Coalition Canada, uh, we might not be able to give you a mortgage because mm-hmm. that's no bueno. That's what's kind of going on here. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's absurd, but again, I, I like how you say they sugarcoat it, and and it's amazing to me. Like uh, people like CTV, like they can't find it, they can't even conjure it up in their minds to like go down the scenario of this being a bad thing, right? They have to apply like, the sugar coating and there's no balance in the, in the reporting. They're like, they're, they're not even trying to look for somebody to say, this is really concerning, especially given, I, I like how they have to come up with like really weird hypothetical scenarios that they admit are kind of strange and out of an espionage movie, but they can't be kidnapped. Oh, are you yeah. going to be kidnapped? But, but they can't you, you seem can't, to, you can't, you can't pay your mortgage if you're kidnapped, so we yeah. can't lend you. What? But they can't seem to just like actually go back in history just a couple years and look at one event like you've made mention where these sorts of banks had politically targeted people. And that's the amazing part is like, are you a political target? Well, yes, especially if the banks in Canada are working with the regime to target me. <laughs> uh, anyway, that scene from Naked Gun, where um, Leslie Nielsen is standing, and behind him are explosions and fire and people flying and people dying, and he's like, "Nothing to see here, folks. Everything's fine. Just move along. Nothing to see." That's what CTV is doing. CTV is yeah. saying, "Pay no attention." To the tyrants Just, who all want to punish you for being of the wrong political persuasion. Don't pay attention to yeah. them. As yeah. CTV is functioning as the Wizard of Oz. Absolutely. They are the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Andrew. Another story to f- kind of wrap us up here. We're just- trying to clean out out the house right now. And uh, this story is about the Liberal NDP Coalition, which... Apparently, um, there's been leaking, there's been talks, there's been, you know, people have been talking about the coalition, and it might come to an end after the next federal election, especially uh, according to NDP leader Jagmeet Singh, who is apparently, um, after something for a bunch of crazy progressive changes is now um, done selling their political souls for money to prop up the Trudeau regime. Probably also because it's destroyed uh, the popularity of the NDP and Singh himself. Uh, But this comes to us from the Western Standard. The NDP leader, Jagmeet Singh, has ruled out the possibility of forming another coalition with the Liberal government after the next election. Singh and the NDPs formed a coalition with Justin Trudeau's Liberal minority government after the 2021 election in March 2022. 
a deal that agreed that the NDPs would vote alongside liberals in certain parliamentary votes and liberals would usher in some of the NDP's priorities like universal dental care. The agreement is in place until 2025 with an election slated for October or an election or whenever election is called. But now Singh has had enough of the coalition agreement and said Singh is gunning to win leadership next time Canadians go to the polls. A coalition after the next election is quote off the table, according to Singh, uh, who told that to the Canadian press quote, that's not something that we focused on, he said. We're focused on getting enough done in this parliament and then running to win. Singh said he realized during the coalition that the federal government has untapped potential to do more, to do more for Canadians. And the liberals just weren't doing enough, apparently. And he had this to say, and I can say that with a lot of clarity that the federal government could be doing a lot more to help people, he said, quote, I'm more motivated than ever before that I want to become the next prime minister. That's my goal. And then finally, imagine what more would be, by the way, I just think about that for a second. They weren't doing enough. Weren't doing enough. Andrew, hold on a second weren't doing enough we haven't be more we, need we more. haven't we haven't done ubi yet which is a serious concern for communists we haven't gone full communism a- a- andrew and that is the more that jake meet singh wants never. us to wait do. a second matt you never you never go full commie unless you if you're jake meet singh man unless he is i just i just have to comment he he is so unpopular and it's so funny because X can he, th- tend he to- thinks he's gonna win. He's here. That's yeah. Like my goal is to win. His okay. popularity has decreased significantly since the last election uh, because of the coalition that he has with the Liberals. Um, he's not going to be anywhere near the next prime minister. He's a delusional fool and a I delusional wonder if he even communist. Stays on fool. as a party leader, I wonder if they make him. Oh, I think I think there's you've, a very you've served. You've served your purpose in helping the liberals usher in their progressive yes. agenda. Yeah. Now it's time to now it's time to go out to pasture. Yeah. If you're you putting know. betting money on him being ousted as the NDP leader, you'd be better to do that than <laughs> put money on him being the next prime minister of Canada. That is for certain. But finally, um, Andrew, we have one last story, and this is just so we can, you know, remind our listeners of something that we talked about before, and that is the forest fires. Right? We heard this this summer. It was so hot out. The Canada is burning down. Forest fires. Forest fires. Yeah, Anthropogenic. It smelled really weird. We went. We went out. Like I remember there where 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 we were just north of of where I was in northern Ontario and in Quebec especially, and then in parts of actually parts of New York State as well because the smoke blew down. I remember waking up one day and there was a red tint to the sky, and they told us don't go outside because mm-hmm. of the smoke. And you when you walked outside, it smelled like campfire. Mm-hmm. So there there were actual there was like a tremendous amount of forest fires. But they told us it was climate change, right? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, all the media outlets, you know, rushed over themselves and tripped over themselves to tell us that this is just another result of man-centered, man-driven 
climate change. Um, I guess they got that right, though, Andrew, because right. <laughs> apparently <laughs> the fires were man-driven, yeah. just not the fires because were of <laughs> climate yeah. change. Uh, not nor the climate, did, though. Yeah, nor did climate change have anything to do with starting the fires. This story comes to us from the National Post. A Quebec man has admitted to setting a series of fires that burned hundreds of hectares of forest last Uh-oh. year and forced hundreds of people from their homes. Brian Parr, 38, pleaded guilty today to 13 counts of arson and one count of arson with disregard for human life at the cor- courthouse in Shibogamo, Quebec. Man, you always give me the hard name. A small community located around 425 kilometers northwest of Quebec City. Sharon read an agreement statement of facts detailing that the first fires were set on May 31st, three days after the Quebec government banned open fires in and around forests due to dry weather conditions. Posts on Parr's Facebook page where he regularly posted about wildfires, including claims that the fires had been deliberately set by the government to trick people into believing in climate change were among the evidence that led police to him so very very bizarre for a second so that that little bit there at the end where yes what what they're alleging is that he said i'm gonna set all these fires and say well the government's setting the fires to trick us about climate change now the left might look at that and say haha you see He's trying to take our eyes off the prize, the prize being climate change. The problem is someone did actually set fire. Yes, it wasn't. Someone did actually start these fires. It, yeah. it, was, it was him. It wasn't yeah. man-driven climate change. So even if you try to spin it that way, it doesn't yeah. matter. And I, I, I don't know if you remember if you, if, if you remember watching the episode, but we actually showed the live satellite yes yeah yeah. where all of a sudden at the same time all of these fires just spontaneously begin at the exact Mm -hmm. same time spread through like far apart you just see the smokestacks come up i'm I'm sure that that's because i'm sure that's because we drive our cars too much i'm sure that's what caused that yeah the the fact that we we still use our gas-powered vehicles that that makes sense but absolutely no so, man, that was yeah. a whirlwind a tour through yep. a bunch of news and analysis that we missed while we were away. I'm glad that in in just a, a matter of a few hours, we were able to cover so many stories because a lot of this, you know, we, we deserve a holiday. We deserve some time off. We deserve yeah. spending Christmas and New Year's with family and stuff yeah. like that. Um but at the same time, this stuff gets – it's not covered widely by mainstream media. So many people don't get to see these stories, especially don't get to see the aftermath of a lot of these stories. And they especially don't get to see good Christian cultural worldview analysis in regards to the news. So we felt it was our duty to touch on – um, just what has transpired. And we know there's probably many of you who were wanting us to touch on what's going on in Davos. There will be opportunity for us to do that That'll be next, next week. We'll as that next more week. and more you know, info and more and more video and footage comes out from Davos, we will be looking into that and we will de- be dedicating an episode to, to that. Um, but 
we hope we covered a lot of stories that yeah. you can then share with people because over and over and over and over again, um, what we're seeing is just this propensity to, as I've said over and over again on the program lately, to just narrative arc build. And that's what we're seeing. Right. Um, and that's all in service of a narrative. It's all in service of a revolution. And the issue is never the issue. The issue is always the revolution. So we have to make sure that we're just understanding that this is coming from a subversive right. Marxist communist worldview that is seeking to destroy western civilization which is itself a proxy for the christian religion that undergirds it and we have to partake in the culture war as though it were a battle of two competing religions um and because that's because that is and we need to understand it and act accordingly so christians get off the couch get busy yep. get fighting There's get pushing back I think there's 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 an application to make here, and part of the reason why we covered the stories the way that we did is th th this is this is how I felt. 2023 ended in like a whirlwind. It was it was it was a tornado. Cows were flying everywhere. Cars were barreling at one another. And okay, 2023 is done. All right, let's get ready to move on. Let's start a new year. It's a new thing, and 2024 has already begun saying to 2023 yeah, hold my beer you ain't seen nothing yet and i i think the 2024 is going to be wild i'm not a doomsday prepper guy i'm not a oh it's all going bad but i think 2024 is going to be wild why do i think that well we have an election coming up in the united states uh and it's going to be it's going to be uh rather uh rather interesting to see how it plays out not only an election but yeah. it, but i think trump trump left i don't want to cover it yeah it's not only election i think trump is literally i think he's in court like every month leading up to the election is, as well there is a whole civil situation going on down there that the election in 2024 is going to make it volatile so you have that mm -hmm. coming up you have one thing i will say quickly about the 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 time in davos is that uh, Zelensky, um the president of the Ukraine or prime minister of the Ukraine has basically called on all the nations in the world to get involved and invested in the, in the conflict in Russia. So mm -hmm. that's not good. So that's still happening. This, these growing protests, these growing pro Hamas, anti-Israel protests that are growing without any intervention from officials. This still is, this is still growing. You have, new viruses you have pandemic treaties you have ubi you have central bank digital currency it looks like 2024 is going to be kind of crazy now why do i say all of that not to scare you but to say you better have a tough stomach buddy like you you mm -hmm. better you better you better have a thick skin you need to surround yourself with like-minded people who are going to build into you and encourage you and strengthen you and give you boldness because if you think you're going to be able to figure this out as a lone wolf you are a fool if you think that it's just me and my family off in the middle of nowhere, back in 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 the bush, that we're going to be fine, you are you are wrong. That the the necessity of us being bound together with other people to fight this culture war and and really work through what is the what I think is the twilight of Western culture and really the the end of Western civilization as we know it. You need to be with people getting ready to hand over a strong church and a strong worldview to the next generation. And so like toughen up, 
the, the no no more complaining, no more whining. They took my freedoms. Yeah, they did. Oh, they're get they're gonna it's gonna be difficult. Yes, it is. I can't be comfortably Christian. Yeah, not anymore. Just get over that. Steel in the spine, thick skin, toughen up. If you're easily thrown off, if you're easily upset, um, you're gonna have a hard time this year. That this year is already showing itself to be one where we must be strong in our conviction and strong in our character. We must be men of metal mm-hmm. if we're going to we're gonna be ready for this next year and beyond. And it's uh I think Doug Wilson has said rightly that what we're what we what we're looking forward to is either a great revival and repentance and reformation that's a turnaround of things or a rodeo. And uh and I think we're we're in store for quite the rodeo. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna have a rodeo ahead of us this year. So you you've been warned. Mm-hmm. Um be ready. Be ready for what's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. You cannot do any better to prepare yourself for whatever is coming than to dig deep into the word of God, to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, to live your life according to the wisdom of the scriptures, read Proverbs, you know, in God's providence. There's 31 different chapters of Proverbs you can read one every single day of the month uh, to your family engage in family worship worship is warfare as Doug Wilson's also said engage in those battles and prepare yourself for whatever is coming by leaning on the word of God as your sure rock and foundation because it's for freedom that Christ has set you free stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery until next time Liberty Dispatch has been brought to you in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week and has been produced by SDG Media. You can find all things Liberty Coalition Canada at libertycoalitioncanada.com.